back to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. Stop eventually. Um, content manager over at so-called fantasy experts. Uh, my co-host is on the line, AJ Applegarth. How you going? How you doing, man? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Glad it's over. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I feel you on that. I'm I'm ready to get back to normal. Um, so so yeah. Um, we're waiting for our guest to get on. Um, Richard Seville, who has been a guest many many times before, but today is extra special because he won the Fantasy Sports Writers Association Fantasy Football League. So we're going to kind of pick his brain a little bit here and figure out what he did to win against all the big boys over there in the fantasy, uh, at the FSWA Fantasy Football League. And then you and I are going to go through some of the um, coaching changes that went on in – or coaching firings that went on, I guess. No, no changes yet. And and then we're going to have some fun and, and give out our 2015, I guess, 2016 also, fantasy football awards. Um, yeah, 2015 works. I mean, I know. Seasons, that one seasons extra basis. week. Well, technically, I guess if you were in week 17 playing, it was 2016. But people don't really do that, I feel like. so. Yeah. So, well, it seems like Richard's kind of um kind of lagging behind here. So no big deal. We'll uh we'll improvise and we'll start out with some of the the coaching changes. And we'll uh, you know, we'll leave the best for last. So, Tom Coughlin for the Giants um they they let I don't know. I don't even know. I, this was pretty much a firing, but I think it was kind of like they said it was mutual terms, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. Well, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it came out yesterday. He resigns after 12 years. And meanwhile, leading up to last weekend's game against the Eagles, he was, you know, on the hot seat. There was talks of his potential firing because of the last few years of missing the playoffs, yada, yada, yada. So it did kind of come as a bit of a surprise to me to come home for lunch and turn the TV on and see breaking news, Tom Coughlin resigns. But not really as big of a surprise because, you know, like I said, the writing seemed like it was kind of on the wall. Yeah, I mean, he honestly hasn't been that great. Uh, I mean, he's been nine and seven, seven and nine, six and ten, and then this year they were seven and nine or six and ten again. Um, I think even their one Super Bowl year they were like barely they were barely above five hundred. Um, so it I mean yeah, he hasn't been he hasn't been fantastic or anything. Um yeah, writing's been on the wall. I think I think that change was, was coming. Um 
Mike Pettin for the Bear, for the Browns. I mean, I honestly feel bad for anybody who goes to the Browns. It's, I mean, if I think the Redskins are a poorly run franchise and I'm a Redskins fan, the Browns are so much worse. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the news, but they, they signed a a G an ex GM an ex baseball GM who used to work yeah, for the Athletics the and the Dodgers. <laughs> oh, Dodgers! <laughs> These Dodgers. I saw Mets, but he's been in, he's been in baseball since like ninety ninety four ninety six or something like that. But I I think it's great. I think it's. <laughs> It's it's what they need because obviously the people that have been in football for the for that whole period of time aren't helping them you know do anything. So I mean the the best thing that team did was move to Baltimore. I feel like and then when they they came back, it was like oh yay the the Browns are back okay cool, but I mean they've got a passionate fan base. I like the Browns. I think that they have some quality talent on the team. It's just it's it it starts at the top, and, and I do feel bad for for Mike Patton and the, their GM got cut loose too. But that that ownership, they need to figure something out there. And if it's starting yeah, with I hiring mean, a baseball guy, then cool. All right. I mean, hey, if if this guy can somehow figure out how to make metrics, you know, sabermetrics work in football, more power to him. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I I don't see it. But, you know, I guess people were probably saying the same thing in baseball, you know, before Billy Bean and, and company did the same thing there. So, we'll, you know, only time will tell. Um, uh, the, yeah, the, Brown, the Browns are a joke, though, man. Like, I've heard all these different stats going around and they're probably not like news to anybody. So I'm not like, you know, breaking news here, but you know, you hear things like the last five coaching changes in the NFC in, in the AFC North have been from the Browns. Uh, they've had like eight, all eight coaches the in the past. Guys are 10 yeah, or, coaches that have had yeah, lots of success. I mean, Mar- Marvin Lewis, his only, you know, breaking moment is that he can't win in the playoffs. But he's a great coach, and he was a great coach when he was in Baltimore. You know, that's what got him yeah. that job, I feel like. So, he still yeah, knows no, what I mean, doing. Very, very good coaches there. It's just, I mean, how do you expect to win with a guy you're going to bring in for a year? Like, what is he going to be able to do with the junk talent you have on that team? I mean, it's, it's, it's not – yeah, it's it's not good. Um, so yeah, I I don't know what they're going to be expecting to get here for for that. Yeah, I mean, we'll move on. That, to, the next one's funny to me. You know, it not not funny in like a humorous point, but just uh, almost ironic because I was reading a lot of stuff that was talking about, you know, the 49ers GM and, and I think ownership talking about how they don't, they, they won't admit that they made a mistake in, in bringing in Tom Sula, you know, to follow up the Harbaugh era and whatever. But 
here we are a year later and Jim Tom Sula is out of a job, you know, and you, you feel bad for the guy. Like every one and done coach you feel bad for because no one's going to get something done in a year. I don't care who the no. hell you are. It, it You need time to build a rapport with the team. And I know he's been with them, you know, as a, a, a um, you know, secondary coach, not, not secondary as in backfield, but as like a, you know, another coaching position. I think he was their offensive line coach. I could be wrong on that. But the the funny thing about him is I heard some comment, I think I mentioned it before, that somebody compared his likeness to the first guy that your divorced mom goes on a date with or something like that. Like, this is who this guy is. He's just some, you know, don't be looking... Funky guy who's just out on the market looking for something. I don't know. It was really random and weird. But that has nothing to do with football. Just some funny comment somebody made on some other podcast. There you go with that. Um, Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, no, man. You you got to feel bad for him. The 49ers got that. I mean, he had had to deal with a bad quarterback. He got injured. Um, People left the team. People retired. I mean, it was such a disaster of a team. Like everybody knew that team was going to be total junk. I'm surprised they won five games. I, I think they have a job. I'm surprised that they don't have the first pick. Even, even out winning Tennessee and Cleveland, they should just for sheer pity, give the 49ers the first pick because it's, they got such a raw deal on this, and him especially. It's like, okay, here's our new coach, Jim Tom Sula, you know, and then it's like pro bowler after pro bowler after pro bowler. I'm going to retire. I don't feel like getting the head injuries. I've been reading a lot about this. Now Now I'm out of the league, and, yeah, and this this guy's gone now. Like, what, what, what the hell? You know, is this a reflection on him, like them giving the job to him? If that's the case, they might as well have kept Harbaugh around because the players apparently hated him anyway. So at least they would have stuck around maybe. I I don't know. It was just really random. I felt like that was how it happened. Maybe some of the guys left before beforehand, you know, before he was announced or whatever. But he he was fighting a losing battle from the get-go. So Oh, yeah, no, that that was – that was a terrible situation for him. It's yeah. just, yeah, it, beyond words, like what they thought he was going to be able to do with that team. And they just oh, yeah. let him go. Like, do you actually want him as your coach or did you just decide like, oh, we're stuck with him. And so now we get to move on. Well, now that to me, that's like, you're turning into the Browns. Like nobody good is going to want to come to you because they're afraid they're going to get fired for one year. And so, you know, unless you get totally lucky, you're not finding anybody any good. (sighs) Anyway, so so the, you know, we've always, you know, we've, we've had the, the Titans openings and the Dolphins openings for a while. One that I, Actually, kind of surprised me was um, the Colts. They extended yeah. uh, what's his name's contract. Man, I was actually kind of surprised because um, that Pagano. that team, yeah, Chuck Pagano, that team has severely underperformed, in my opinion, under him, except for 
I mean, last year was great, but this year, like even when Andrew Luck was healthy, like they weren't they weren't playing well. Um, no, and, and I don't. And a lot of that I actually know I think has to do with GM, but and not him, but still. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, I, I have a. I'm kind of I have a good buddy who's a big Colts fan from Indiana and, you know, loves the Colts. And he was so, like, beside himself when they extended Ryan Grigson, the GM. I mean, that guy is terrible. And he's done so little (laughs) to, like, help that team, I feel like, Um, especially this year. And that's where it starts. But I like Pagano. I think Pagano's a good coach, and and he's shown that he can perform well with the talent that he has. But the whole team, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if you can necessarily pin this year on the GM, but he, I, I don't know, they they just completely underperformed, and I don't know if it was like a hangover from last year or what, but. You know, Luck's injury, maybe there was more to that than anybody, you know, really knew and the team led on, and that's why he was so bad. And then in turn, it, you know, it screwed everything else up. I don't know. But, you know. It that, wasn't good. And I'm, and I'm just kind of surprised that they extended him for, I think it was three years? Four, he Another got, three? Oh, yeah, the GM got three years and Pagano got four. Oh, wow. So, um you know that's it's very interesting um but you know that the funny thing behind that is that i was seeing reports today on ESPN that the Colts were supposedly in talks with Sean Payton while they were working on this extension with Pagano and uh, maybe maybe they know something maybe Payton's not going anywhere well i don't i don't think he can like teams aren't even supposed to be talking to him because he's still under contract for two more years. So it's really interesting to hear about how he, you know, he got tied into this, like, oh, apparently they're talking to him while doing that. And the Giants, you know, they're another team that was looking at Sean Payton. Uh, I think he'd been mentioned with the 49ers, like tied in over there. So his name is getting thrown about. I I don't know why. I don't understand why. Coaches who are under contract for multiple more years are all getting coaches. their hat. Yeah, they're, they're getting their hat thrown in the game. But... And it's like, well, what? Like, I, I, yeah, trade your players. You don't, you don't trade a coach. Like, what? What is this? So, I mean, I know it's happened in baseball. Um, I, I'm sure. I, I guess it has. Well, it has happened in football too. I know Gruden left Oakland and, and went to Tampa Bay and there was compensation that went back to Oakland. Um, you know, and then there's, there's another one that they were talking about too. I can't remember who it was, but so it's not, it's not like it never happens, but it was just very surprising to hear all that. Well, Jim Harbaugh almost got traded to the Browns. That's, I think that might be the one you're thinking. Oh yeah. That's yeah. So yeah, it's just random, but you know the uh, the last one. I think are we are we ready to go into this one here? Yeah. So I mean, one coach that definitely did not get his contract extended or kept 
was your man Chip Kelly of the Philadelphia uh, Eagles. Well, um, well, well. What do you call him? My man here. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I was not living and dying by by the, the blue chip rules here. Um, oh man, I I'm feeling pretty good about it. I I wanted to like Kelly, and I was excited for what he brought because of the huge success he had at Oregon. Everybody knows about that. And then everyone was talking about him going back to college after his first season with the Eagles was a you know a ten ten and six season, I, I, and they made the playoffs that year. And then I think they they lost in the first game, uh, Saints or Green Bay. So I think it was the Saints. So okay, yeah, things are looking up. But there was always talk of him going back to college. When's it going to happen? This and that. It's like. The guy just signed a contract. He's been here for a year. Give him a damn chance. Like, quit throwing him into all these other conversations. But then this year, he gets too much power. And that is what really did Chip Kelly in in Philadelphia, in my mind. Uh, And and I think in the minds of a lot of the people that have talked about this subject. But he he got rid of the good players because they, quote-unquote, weren't his guys or – didn't play for him, or basically, as some people put it, were the black players, um, quoting Shady McCoy. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, but you have, you get rid of Shady and claim it as a, a cap thing, you know, oh, well, it was too much money, this is why we got rid of him, he, he had a bad attitude. He's played his whole damn career in the state of Pennsylvania, and he was a great running back. He was a fan favorite. You know, if he would have stayed there and been able to play under a coach that could utilize him, he he would have broken more records there and uh, and have, you know continued on a great career. He had a pretty damn good year in Buffalo this year when he was healthy. But yeah, he was good. Kelly gets rid of him and then signs Marco Murray to a more lucrative contract, but somehow Shady was the one that had the cat problem. Don't understand that. You get yeah, rid of Jeremy it made Mack, no sense. You get rid of Jeremy no Macklin, who's a guy that had a breakout season last year, you know, was finally healthy. I'm pretty sure that was his best season as an Eagle. If not, it was his second best. Um, another fan favorite, great locker room guy and he goes back and plays with his old coach and becomes the first wide receiver in over a year to catch a touchdown for Kansas City. You know, and and then has a great season this year. So I, I just I just think he got he got too power hungry and he didn't know what the hell to do with it, even though he thought he knew what to do with it. Yeah, I think he's he... a good coach. I do too. I but, think he's a great coach. I think he's just a bad GM and thinks he got fooled himself and thought that oh anybody can play yeah. my system. My system's better than the players. And guess what, man? It's not Oregon football. So good luck no. if you get hired by somebody else. You better not get GM powers. No, I, I think it's interesting. I, I mean, though, like you, you think he's going to go to Tennessee? I do. I I would not be surprised one bit if he goes to Tennessee because that's where his boy Mariota is. They just happen to have a coaching opening. Uh, you know, they're they're interviewing Malarkey for the full-time job, which 
I applaud them for doing that. Whether or not he gets it, I don't know, because he really yeah, didn't he do much probably. this year. Oh, um, why would he? <laughs> but the team, the team, you know, the team's not good. Mariota's good. You know, uh, I, I can't even think of their receiver. Is, is Nate Washington there still? No, he's in Houston. Um, Tennessee? You know, like Kendall Wright? Yeah. Justin, Justin got, Hunter, I think he was there. Oh, Kendall Wright's the guy I'm thinking of. Yeah, you're thinking you know, Kendall Wright, and then they got Doriel Green Beckham. Yeah, Green Beckham's the other one. You know, they got a stud tight end in Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker, yep. however you want to it. They need a running game, and they need a no better running game. Bishop Sankey. I mean, it's a priest and a bag of tea combined. I mean, that's nothing. Uh, David Cobb was supposed to be their, like, end-all, be-all running back rookie pickup. Yeah, he was he hurt all nothing. year, so might be interesting you know, to see what he hurt. could do in a Chip Kelly system, though. That's true. Um, I hope if he goes to Tennessee, and, and I don't want him to be out of a job either. I mean, I'm jaded because I'm an Eagles fan and, you know, this and that, but I'm glad he's gone. Um, you know, I was happy when Andy Reid left, not – for losing the great coach that we had, but to get a new voice in there and, and let the players, you know, go in a bit of a different direction. Andy Reid fell into the best situation possible in Kansas City, and honestly, I think he's going to make a Super Bowl run. I would not be surprised at all this year if he does. Yeah, the AFC is kind of a mixed bag, man. And they are they are looking good. So, um, I, you know. I think Kelly Kelly wore out his welcome, and it was it was time. I I am a little surprised that they did it before the end of the season. I thought that he was going to go at the end of the season, but the fact that they let him go a week before kind of surprised me. And, and I think the Washington loss did him in. So if he would have won that game, well, then they'd be in the playoffs right now. Um, and why? Not necessarily. Yeah. Well, because they beat the Giants, yeah. they would have beat Washington. It was a three-way tie. They needed to beat that. So, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I said my piece about it. We'll we'll see where he ends up. I'm sure he'll end up somewhere. You know, he he's already reached out to San Fran to see if they're interested. But my yeah, my Kaepernick. That's that's an interesting yeah. one. My pick <laughs> is luck. Tennessee. With his boy Mariota and the first pick in the draft. That's yeah, that's we'll a see. Great situation for him to fall into. Um, so yeah, so you know, we we kind of let that go a little longer because unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be getting Richard on. I don't know what's going on with him tonight. Uh, I was talking to him just a few hours ago, so I hope everything is okay with Richard. Uh, I usually like him to 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 miss this, you know, coming yeah. on. So, um, you know, hopefully everything's all right. But show needs to move on regardless. So let's go start giving out our end-of-season fantasy football awards. And we will start out with the, the league MVP. And, you know, I, I was going through this. You know, we were talking about it. And just kind of want to give a disclaimer to everybody. We we had a tough time deciding, like, the MVP or, you know, like, we're going to do bust. You know, it's hard to say who is the absolute MVP. 
so we decided yeah. to break it down by, by position for these bigger awards. Uh, so we've got an MVP, like a quarterback MVP, a running back MVP, and a wide receiver MVP. And, it, you know, it just kind of made things a little easier. It made more sense because obviously, you know, quarterbacks clearly out, you know, outscore all these other positions. So they would mm. kind of, everything kind of leans toward them, kind of like it does in the real NFL. So, <laughs> uh, to kind of give everybody else a little more love, we, we kind of a little bit. And um, now for the MVP, I'm only I'm only I like to stick with only drafted players. Because um, I figure, yeah. obviously, anybody you pick off the waiver wire that's going to have a good season is going to be the most valuable player. And at the same time, I also you know I don't like to just pick the best player every year for the MVP. I like to pick guys who, you know, like for wide receiver, let's start there. You know, we did uh, not pick Antonio Brown. He was like the number five drafted player in some leagues. Like clearly you yeah. thought he was going to be awesome. So he wasn't as valuable as say the guy that we ultimately picked, who is Allen Robinson. Love um, Allen Robinson's year. Dude, what a stud. I mean, absolutely crazy. Good. Um, you know, you you threw in the name Brandon Marshall, and I I did think about him, uh, but I ultimately went with Allen Robinson. His ADP was lower, um, mm-hmm. and he was one spot lower in the scoring leaders than than Marshall. Um, they both had 14 touchdowns, I believe. So you know, both just stud seasons. Um, not much else to say there. The yeah. uh, I think with with Marshall too. I I want to say that I may have predicted him as my bust this year, and man, was I wrong if I did. Very possible. Um, Holy crap! Uh, I'm gonna pay it back. Here. When would we I think, have? I think when that I would. Did. Yeah, it's, you know, it's possible. Us. I remember not liking Marshall much at all. I don't remember liking the Jets at all. So it is very, very possible that that is what we did. Um, yeah, I, I can't find the notes from, <laughs> from back in the day on that. So yeah, you're, you're, lo- you're lucky out there. But, you know, we've all had bad calls. Um, yeah, it happens. <laughs> so running back, um, you kind of were iffy about this at first. Um but Freeman, uh, Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons running back, Devonta Freeman, the 110th, had 110 as his AP, ADP, and yeah. finished as the number one running back. I know the consistency wasn't there, and he had like three or four pretty huge games, which obviously boosted his stats. But to have the number one running back at that position in a draft, that's pretty crazy. Um, you don't you don't see that a lot. So no, and that was my my argument to you before I realized what his ADP was versus finishing first. It is that he had those monster games? I think it was four straight weeks that he was like, "Hey, everybody in DraftKings, if you have this guy, you just won three million dollars." I mean, that's yeah. how good he was for those four weeks, and you know to. To get him that late when he was potentially the backup and in a timeshare, 
it's absurd. I mean, he has to be the MVP, even though I think he kind of fell off in those, you know, three to four weeks leading into the playoffs. He very well could have cost teams who started him for, you know, their playoff positioning or, or even making the playoffs. Right. But he still finished first. I mean, that's how huge those first few games were. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at his points and even standard scoring. It's 37, 32, 25, 27 in standard scoring. That's ridiculous. That's, um, yeah. That's absolutely in PPR, it's, it's much, much higher. It, 42, 37, 32, 35. I mean, it's it's up there. So, yeah, yeah. pretty monster scores there by him. So, yeah, he is he is our running back MVP. And then the probably the NFL MVP, the overall fantasy football MVP, is Cam Newton. Nobody yeah. in their right mind thought that Cam Newton was going to have a good season after Calvin Benjamin went down. Not me, not you, not the listeners, nobody. Everybody thought the, he's got a bunch of chump change as his receivers Unless he runs for 900 yards and 15 touchdowns, he's going to have zero value in fantasy football. And he went out and finished as the overall number one player in fantasy with 389 points in a PPR league, 373 in standard, and... 35 touchdowns, 636 rushing yards, 10 rushing touchdowns, and has led his team to a one-loss season. Crazy. What's, what's even more incredible about that, he had one, uh, two, three games above 300 yards. Two of those three games were against the worst team in the league, New Orleans. The third game against the Giants, who I believe ended up as the worst team against the pass. Probably yes. because of Cam Newton. That, to, to only have, and that, let me re- rephrase that, passing yards. Only three games over 300 passing yards. Clearly, he went over 300 yards, total yards, in multiple games, um, at least half of his games. I don't, I don't have that stat in front of me, but he's a one-man wrecking crew. And the guy that yeah. won my league that I run, uh, actually, he, he's had a, a hell of a year. He won our baseball league, too. Um, repeat champion in baseball, and I, he may be a repeat champion in my league. Cam Newton, he drafted two years ago, maybe three years ago, and he's a keeper. And because of my keeper rules, Cam Newton was his 10th round pick this year. 10th round pick. Best player in the league. His first round pick, quite possibly one of the worst players in the league who we'll talk about, Eddie Lacy. His second pick. (laughs) Oh, man. That's brutal. That's brutal. 
Fourth pick, Joseph Randall <sighs> didn't even finish the season. Fifth pick is other keeper, Julio Jones, uh, you know, and he had a, a handful of other guys that were just, why even bother? But he had, he the end of the season, he had a much better team, obviously, and he won, uh, he won the league outright. But Newton, Newton absolutely destroyed it this year, and I, I would yeah, love man. to see the percentage of championship teams that had Cam Newton. Guaranteed. Uh, I'm sure that stat is out there somewhere, but yeah. I know I saw stats like David Johnson was on a bunch of leagues that are a bunch of teams that won. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else, like all, all the, oh, the kind of late. Uh, I don't know if Beckham was he, on a he lot was of teams. High. He was higher. When, well, like only because Beckham didn't play in week 16. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that, that hurt, but yeah. So, he was still there because he, you know, he got the team. There. Got people there, yeah. Um, so probably go through this one pretty quick because I think this one's kind of a no-brainer here. But rookie of the year was kind of a kind of a no contest in my opinion across the board. Um, yeah, I agree. Winston wins quarterback. Gurley running back. Cooper running uh, wide receiver. Kind of wasn't a great rookie class. You know, everybody got all excited about it because of last year and all the the rookie receivers. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I say it time and time again, I don't draft rookies for that reason exactly. Um, it would have been nice to have Gurley, but even Gurley kind of meh. He you know, fell off. Cooper was hit or miss a lot of weeks. on our face after he blew up for another couple of games. But, yeah. And yeah, then, you know. Mario was okay. Would have been close, but he was yeah. out a, a few games for injury. I I think if he um if he was healthy all season, I think he probably would have maybe got the edge on on Winston. But yeah, it's very possible. Know. Um, I liked Mariota a lot. He was doing really good things. Excuse me, doing really good things over there. Uh, but yeah, he yeah. just he just couldn't stay healthy. But he was he was playing he was playing good ball. Um, so there's that. And then bust of the year. So we'll go we'll go here. And then you kind of already gave one away. So so I'll I'll do it early. Eddie Lacy is my at least mine. I think you agree. Bust of yeah. the year for running back. Um, he went number one in my family league. Uh, I may not have drafted him at one, but I think I had him ranked like number three early on. I mean, terrible, terrible football player this year. Um, yeah, he he went third to the, the champion. My league was, was uh, Le'Veon Bell, Adrian Peterson, Eddie Lacy. Yep, that's so. pretty much the order that a lot that a lot of them went in. So Eddie Lacy, you are the bust running back here. His teammate, Randall Cobb, in my opinion, is the bust of the year for wide receiver. Yeah, he I, should I, have uh, had a monster year. After Nelson went down, I thought he was going to be incredible. I was like, I, oh I my god, everything's going to go thing. toward him. Crazy. I mean, it's he basically. Randall Cobb just proved that he's not a wide receiver number one. He's a he's a slot wide receiver number two kind of guy. 
And if Jordy Nelson isn't there and fully healthy next year, Randall Cobb's going to have another down here. This is all there is to it. So it's, you know, I, I thought about putting Des Bryant here, but I, like, I, I don't like to use injured guys that were like injured the whole season here. Yeah. Or for the majority of the season, at least as bust. Cause I just think it's too easy. It's like, yeah, well, no duh. Um, you know, like I could have said Le'Veon Bell was the bust of the year because he played four games, but it's like, he played four games. Like, what are you going to do? He was awesome when he did exactly. that. But you know, the only reason why I even considered Des when he did play, he was bad, but like, was it really his fault? A, I don't think it was 100% healthy. And two, I mean, look who his quarterback was. <laughs> so that's why I didn't put oh, him yeah, there. Yeah. So Cobb, I think, you know, for, for us, takes takes the wide receiver. And for me, Matt Ryan, man, Matt Ryan is the bus quarterback of the year. I think there's a lot of guys that, that could hit this list. Um I, I, you know, I, I think some people would would potentially look at like a Matt Stafford or even a Tannehill people liked, um, but Matt Ryan, man, he was the seventh quarterback taken off the board in most leagues. Um, he's he was just bad this year. There were there were times where I actually considered sitting Julio Jones in bad matchups because mm-hmm. I didn't trust Matt. And, well, you had to, and as much and thankfully as thankfully I didn't. Julio Jones is, you know, it's it's hard, it's hard to look at, but you look at at the guys who finished above him, or a couple of guys you mentioned there, Tannehill, and uh, and Stafford. Hell, Stafford finished out the year pretty damn strong. And, yeah, he did. I mean, he ended up as the ninth best. Oh wow! You know, I actually didn't even realize that. I didn't realize that he came he, on that he strong. He had a Wow. Well, De- Detroit in general finished the year real strong. And you go back yeah, to the did. coaching changes, Jim Caldwell, ownership really likes him, but his future is in the balance because of whatever new GM they're bringing in. They're leaving it up to the GM, which is a shame because I think Caldwell and uh, Jim Bob Cooter, whatever, I think that's his name, best uh, offensive coordinator Jim name. Bob. Jim Bob. He... <laughs> He, uh, the two of them really turned that team around after the bye. Um, and, and Stafford had a, a lot of good games. Um, yeah. He's ahead of them. Derek Carr. Okay, you knew Oakland was going to be bad and he was going to potentially have to throw a lot. He did. Our our rookie of the year, Jameis Winston, finished one, two, three, Alex four, Smith, Tyrod Taylor. Andy Tyrod Dalton, who missed four games. Taylor didn't even play every game. No, no, he didn't. He was out two games. So that's wow. a horrible year for Ryan. He had forty, almost forty six hundred yards. Forty six hundred yards is is good for fifth overall. Twenty one touchdowns to sixteen interceptions. Yeah, the interceptions uh, killed I mean, him, and he couldn't. Five he couldn't. Lost? Yeah, he was turning. He turned the ball over a lot. Like I said that I said that a lot on this podcast. I'm saying Matt Ryan is not only bad for you know he's bad in fantasy. He's bad in real life NFL. Like he's not a good quarterback right now. Um, and you know, I mean, if you go back and look at it, I think I wrote about this in a bunch of articles about Matt Ryan. He's he's always been 
usable and okay. Um, yeah. He's, he's never finished higher than the seventh best quarterback in fantasy. So there you have it. And so now he had a bad year and we'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe they get him a better offensive line. I think they've got a good running game. Obviously they've got a good, they've got good receivers, although they could probably use one more. Um, yeah. Julio needs some help. And, yeah, I think you know, they've, they've and... lost They you know, they definitely don't have Tony Gonzalez anymore. So that's a big, that's a big downgraded tight end. I've heard them a lot and, more than I think people oh, yeah, realize in having that veteran safety net who's one of the best at the position to ever play the game. Um, but he he's tied for third in, in interceptions in the league with uh, Roethlisberger at 16. And the five fumbles loss is tied for second. Only one behind Josh McCown and, and Mariota. So, mm. you know, you kind of expect that from Mariota because he's a rookie. Ryan's been in the league for how long now? Uh, I mean, yeah, the yardage was great. But 21 touchdowns to 21 turnovers is not going to do it. No, not, no definitely not. not going to win you your fantasy championships. So, I mean, especially when there's especially with the list of, of talented guys, you know, that we just mentioned ahead of them. Um, yeah, but I they're agree. guys that you wouldn't, you wouldn't have thought would have been ahead of them. Uh, you know, Newton, Brady, Wilson, uh, you know, those guys. Okay. Yeah. You would expect them to be ahead of them. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. Okay. You expect that, you know, him and Stafford, I would say, and, and maybe Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, those four guys kind of on the same level. Stafford Manning Rivers finished 9, 10, 11. And here's Ryan sitting down here at, at 19. Hell, yeah. he's a second quarterback at that point. You're playing in a, in a 12 he's team league. Borderline not startable in a two quarterback league. That's pretty bad. Yeah. So, you got to think some of, the, some of the guys that are behind him are guys that ended up getting injured. So Mariota. Bradford was injured for a while. Um, you know, Luck got injured. Flacco got injured. Even Roethlisberger was injured. So, like, a lot of these guys, um, you know, they got injured. So, he was borderline not even startable in the 12-team two-quarterback league. That's bad. He played every game. He had one, two, three, four, five games over 300 yards which is nice. But even in those games, he, he only topped more than two touchdowns in one game. And, and hell, he only, he only hit two touchdowns four games, five games. Yeah. And then Roethlisberger was out for four games and came in as a backup in another game. And he finished two points behind him. Yeah. That's absurd. Although Roethlisberger had the turnover issues too, he he threw sixteen oh, he himself. He was, so that he was, was pretty exactly, bad. He was exactly the same. Oh no, I take that back. He Roethlisberger he didn't have any fumbles, but he had sixteen yeah. interceptions. Right. So. So he had he had yeah, well, interception issues too, had, but at least he could pass eight fumbles. Yards every game. <laughs> yeah, he had eight, eight fumbles, but none of them lost. So that's pretty impressive. You fumble the yeah. ball, you put it on the ground that many times, but you don't lose it. That's that's good. He he was 
He was Blake Bortles. Matt Ryan was Blake Bortles minus 15 touchdowns. That's interesting. <laughs> that's, that's not good. So anyway, we'll move on. Speaking of Bortles. So, yeah, speaking of Bortles, our, man. Our waiver wire pickup of the year quarterback. Um, you know, we we talked about how Kirk Cousins had a case for that as well, but you got to give it to Bortles. I mean, he's he was – he outplayed Cousins, and yeah. all year long, you could, you you know, could argue long award around them, but not really. I mean, they're very similar. I feel like you know you've got two solid receivers in you know the law firm of Allen and Allen with Bortles, and then you got you know Deshaun when he was healthy, and Pierre Garçon still not a slouch. He's very frustrating to own, but you know, two solid receivers there. You know, and then the running game was meh for both both sides. Strong tight ends for both guys too. So I still think Bortles gets the edge. I mean, he was whoever picked him up off the waiver wire, and we talked about it for multiple weeks. Uh. I picked Bortles him up in one of my leagues and then dropped him after he had, like, two mediocre games in a row. I was like, eh, oh, yeah. so much for and that. Then and like, then it oh. blew up again. <laughs> back yeah, on the waiver wire, you know. That. All yeah. these people dropped him. Go back out and get him. Okay, well, this is yeah, your last game. my bad part. <laughs> Come on. Oh, wow. Well. Why are you not picking this guy up? Uh, but Yeah, yeah we don't matter uh, weeks. So. Yes. He was solid, man. And, and the, the great thing about that, Jacksonville was good enough to stay in game, so it wasn't like he had to throw all the time. But, you know, they got to the point where it was, okay, well, I'm going to do this now. And then he just destroyed teams. Yeah. Yeah, so trying to get through these uh, these these big – these big awards here a little quicker. Um, yeah. David Johnson is the running back wire, uh, waiver wire pickup of the year. I know it was a really late waiver wire pickup, but um, this guy still finished. Um, let's see here. Where did he finish still? Uh, he still finished as the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh ranked running back in fantasy football this year in standard leagues. Are you kidding me? The guy played like four weeks of football. It felt like. Um, I, I think that that's a testament to a how good he was towards the end of the season when he finally started and played, and b just how bad running backs were this year as far uh, yeah. as all the injuries. Absolutely I mean, agree. When you have a guy that comes in and starts that late in the season. And he ends up seventh overall. That's a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries. So, yeah, I was happy. I got him in my in my league, and you know, wrote him out. I didn't didn't really do much for me because I was out of playoffs, but it was still nice to have. I mean, and he may he may be a potential keeper for me next year if if he's going to be, you know, the starter. But I don't know. Yeah. If he's be, so. And the waiver wire pickup of the year for um, the receivers, we're going to go right back to that Jacksonville team. No surprise, Alan Hearns. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, crushed it at week in and week out with a with a number two wide receiver every week in in rankings past about the I don't know halfway point of the season. He was pretty much a, a steady number two receiver. Um, finished as a number fourteen receiver overall. Um, he had like seven touchdowns, seven week a uh, touchdown like seven weeks in a row, something crazy like that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yep, seven. Um, yep. And then, you know, in the big week 16, the big championship game, that's the other guy that was on was on that list with Alan Hearns. Yeah. He was a big-time guy. He had two touchdowns, 107 yards, and eight catches. I mean, that's a huge week. Um, I had him in my family league uh, and, and ended up winning that league because of it. I had him, David Johnson, D'Angelo Williams, uh, <laughs> Blake Bortles. I scored almost 200 points. I thought I had 200 points. Then D'Angelo Williams got the fumble. <laughs> that stat correction oh, and I yeah. dropped out under 200 I would have been the only team to score 200 points and I did it in the final week I mean just like I felt bad I didn't really want to win I was playing my mom <laughs> I was oh. like trying to help her right before the playoffs and like tell her to pick up all these people because I didn't want to win the league and then I scored 200 points in the finals like I can't really do anything about that <laughs> so like, well, uh, I'm, I'm I guess I could have myself. like sat everybody but I didn't want to just like give it to people I wanted to make them earn it but I wasn't I don't know anyway look I'm not trying to go off the tangent here but yeah um so comeback player of the year Carson Palmer guy's been injured nonstop. um so this is a Big comeback season for him. I don't really like the usual. I don't like to pick guys who were injured to be the comeback player of the year. But what a good story this was, man! Like he's just had a tough career. You know, Cincinnati gets injured in that playoff game. You know, retires, doesn't like what Cincinnati's doing. Then comes back and goes to Arizona, does well, um, and you know, just could never quite get over the hump. Gets hurt last year when he's having a pretty decent year, and then this year comes in and puts everything together. That team's awesome. I want to see them go to the playoffs as the Super Bowl so bad, but I'm just not sure it's going to happen. And then um, running back, I think our uh, our FSWA champ who who joined us on the line here. I'll bring him on here in a minute. Um, try to run run through these real quick. Um, uh, Doug Martin. Comeback player of the year. I think that's an obvious choice. Guy was terrible yeah. for like two years in a row. Finally got back to his oh, yeah. his rookie season. And then Larry Fitzgerald. Um I had another I had another my uh, another name in mind here. I forget who it was off the top of my head now. Um but comeback player of the year, Larry Fitzgerald, I think. Um yeah, he's been kind of iffy. A lot of people didn't really want to draft him this year because he was down. He was older. Who knew what he was going to really do? He kind of proved everybody wrong, including myself. So, yep. Larry Fitzgerald, congratulations. And then breakout player of the year, quarterback, I'm going with Andy, uh, Andy Dalton. I know he missed four games, but he almost had his best season as a quarterback, statistically-wise. In fact, he did, like quarterback rating-wise – touchdown interception ratio wise he did he almost surpassed his like career yardage totals his touchdown totals everything the guy was a monster this year um i almost said blake bortles but we said him already um but i think Andy dalton breakout breakout quarterback of the year easily um yeah i just hope we can continue it because you know that, that team's fun to watch 
Um, yeah, I like I like what he put together this year. I mean, how can you not? And he was a, kind of a waiver wire guy for a little while too. I think so. People just didn't didn't want to believe it. So yeah, I I didn't want to believe it. <laughs> um, yeah. Running back, we kind of hemmed and hawed about this one. That wasn't really much of a breakout player of the year um, for running back, but we kind of defaulted to DeMarco Murray. Or no. DeMarco Murray. <laughs> Darren McFadden. Like, nope. um, <laughs> yeah. No, Break definitely not DeMarco Murray. Out at yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely not. Run, so run DMC. Here. Um, yeah, he didn't even start every week. He kind of pointed to that to me when we were talking about it. He didn't start every week, and he still finished pretty strong. Um, so... He didn't have his best statistical year, but, you know, he didn't start every week. He barely played some weeks. Um, so, I, I think he's just kind of the, the default breakout. Well, yeah, he was, like, for, third on the depth chart for a time. And then, you know, they had the issues with Randall. And then, you know, he ended up stepping in when um, – I can't remember the other guy's name now that went down with the injury. He was their back, their passing back guy. Um, oh, Dunbar. Dunbar, yeah, Lance Dunbar, thank you. Yeah. Um, it, but I think it was, what, what did I say earlier, week seven on was like his his time to shine. And he did. I mean, he, he played his ass off. Yeah. And then our, our breakout wide receiver, you know, we've got a couple listed down here. Allen Robinson, you know, we've already mentioned him. Obviously, big step from his rookie season, although he had a pretty successful rookie season. But yeah. I, I think him and kind of Doug Baldwin are pretty tied here. Doug Baldwin, like, has always been a, like, uh, I've got to use Doug Baldwin. I hope he scored. But scores like five touchdowns a year, so those are the chances. Yeah. And then this year, he just yeah. blew up. He scored like and, five in multiple games or across a couple of games. It's just unheard of. Yeah, there was like three weeks there in a row where he scored multiple touchdowns, four weeks in a row, three, two, three, two. Um, and just the end of his season, the end of the season was crazy good for him. Um, yeah. So definitely a big breakout, breakout year for him finishes the number one, the number seven receiver. Um, so congrats to all of our major award winners. We'll have some more fun ones here at the end, but uh, I do want to make sure that we get our guest on the phone, Richard Seville. What is going on, champ? Hello, Joe. Hello, AJ. Happy New Year to both. Yeah, same to you, man. So, yeah, congratulations. You won the uh, the big 16-team Fantasy Sports Writers Association League there. Um, I know there were some, some pretty heavy hitters in that league. I, I do know that for sure. Uh, I don't have the names in front of me right now, but uh, <laughs> some, I don't recognize yeah, all of them. Of them. But they're definitely some, opponents. Some, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think what George George Kurtz was one of them, right? Yeah, a familiar opponent to you, I think. Yeah, man, I took him out in the uh, the semifinals of last year's big Super League, the one where we all combined at the end. So that was pretty fun. But yeah, so I kind of just want to go and, and talk with you, and uh, you know. Get get a couple tidbits about your strategy and 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 what you did to win this big league and uh, you know I guess first of all we'll just start man how does it feel to win a to win a, a prestigious league like this? Um, it, it, 
I felt a lot better when uh, when I was being told, like, you know, by by their um, fantasy sites. Uh, like when I announced on Twitter, they saying, "Wow, sixteen team, that's pretty. It's tough enough to do an FSWAT." You know, people giving you congrats. You know, and and it was a league that I was really trying to win because you know, basically, because it's. I've never I've never actually been in a 16 team league before. Never been in a, a deep league before, and it's a totally totally different uh kettle of fish than than 10 and 12 team leagues. Yeah, and so this was uh this was a standard league, right? So no PPR, so definitely have to have a, a bit of a different strategy going into it, right? Yep. Yeah, standard uh standard scoring. Well, it's like riding a bike. You never forget how to play standard. So, but <laughs> has been it's a while very, <laughs> it's low scoring and, uh, you, I mean, we're, we're talking guys that you got to pick up like, uh, Orlean Darkwa, you know, I've seen in people's team, you know, you're really scraping the barrel at, at, at waiver time for, for, uh, players. So, but fortunately that's kind of up my alley is, is, uh, is deep sleepers and, so I didn't mind that. It actually uh, made it kind of fun for me because I do like, uh, you know, deep sleepers and and uh, looking at the news and seeing who's upcoming, who's coming off. And you, you mean you, you've got to look at practice squad people to see who's, <laughs> to see who's working yeah. out on the practice squad, that sort of thing. So, and handcuffing it was probably even more important. And uh, a lot of. Uh, um, a lot of owners, I don't think, were prepared for the injuries. Fortunately, uh, when I drafted, I drafted Devonta Freeman. And, well, I'd already been targeting Doug Martin for all my leagues because he was in a contract year and he had a good preseason. So I was targeting uh, Doug Martin everywhere, and I was targeting John Brown everywhere. So they were fairly solid, Martin and, and Brown. And Devonta Freeman, well, I was kind of lucky because Tevin Coleman was was basically going to be the starter until until his injury in the early games, and then Devonta Freeman took over, and he was clearly the number one. And I, to be honest, before I was uh, I was in the Devonta Freeman camp uh, for uh, um, everyone. Well, I don't know. It seemed to be split. I don't know, maybe forty, sixty toward Coleman about who was going to be the lead back. But I was, I was, I was with the Devonta Freeman people of who was going to win the uh, starter job. Yeah. So I mean, so it sounds like you kind of had just a, a few guys that you were really targeting. But did you have any other kind of like strategies, like make sure I draft a bunch of like you know, sleeper-type running backs or sleeper-type receivers to possibly be good? Like, what do you do later in the draft to, like, really build up your team to be good? I mean, or was it all waiver wire guys? Well, there was a mistake I actually made is um, in the draft. I I was too far too neglectful for uh, for tight end. Um, I was too busy concentrating on, on the flexes. Uh, and I left the tight end way to the end, and I ended up with Richard Rogers, who wasn't too bad for me for most of the season. He was touchdown dependent, but you know, you're, you're I lost a lot of points on in the tight end. I was very weak, and I was weak on defense too. So, um, 
I had it. Imagine so in a league to, like this. To, but, 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 hmm? I said, imagine in a league like this, a lot of people are drafting, what, maybe even two defenses, two, two tight ends, two kickers, because, like, you have to have a guy at some point, and there's – or are people just yeah. not doing that? Yeah, people were drafting two defenses, and I and I only had one. I was I was stocking up on uh, I was stocking up, as you say, on wide receivers and uh, and running backs, but none of them, like Cameron Artis Payne, didn't come didn't come around until the end. Yeah, and uh, and and there were no names like Tim Hightower wasn't even wasn't yet anywhere on the radar. No, like when when he came now came down to the end. So it was all, but I managed to pick him up because, you know, I that was another thing. I was always heads up in this league, always heads up, reading the news, you know, and that's one of the things I think a lot of the people didn't do, or at least most of the people, at least knew the, well, when the playoffs came around, that's when Tim Hightower came around. So so a lot of these people weren't, uh, you know, they weren't heads up, but I was heads up, picked up Tim Hightower, and, and although I didn't play him in my final – Cool. Which was a silly thing to do. I still won. Oh man! Oh, you still yeah. won now. So. Oh, that's right. We had this discussion. I remember. I remember you asking me. That's funny. I do remember this conversation. Um, I won't. I won't tell you who I picked. Uh, <laughs> I won't go there. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, I mean, congrats on the win. Big well, time. I was trying to be oh. cute, you know, and so I. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, who knew he was going to do what he did, but still. So the last question, the last question I want to ask you. So I guess obviously, you know, your your probably your biggest pickup of the year was was probably Tim Hightower there at the end, even though you didn't play him. Like he clearly was a was a big time guy that, you know, could have been used against you even if you didn't use him. Uh, but thankfully, you did pick him up. And then the the last thing I want to ask you is is like. So from the draft and on, did your strategy change? Like, did you find yourself learning something that you needed to do to stay, stay competitive in the league and then ultimately win it? Like, what what's the one strategy you would say to everybody that that, that got you through? Uh, I would say, uh, um, st- sticking to it and and uh, watching the news. Uh, is so very important. I think a lot of a lot of teams weren't weren't watching the team. And also another thing that I was wasn't very good at. Uh, I've done it before, but I'm not very good at um, at uh, using FAAB, which is um, a free agent acquisition. Uh, oh right, yeah, I use it. Now, this is different for a lot of people. I had it for the first time this year. Actually, no, last year, and it was it was interesting. It's always kind of tricky. Like how much do you spend on a guy? That's and every league's different. I mean, I've seen God, I saw guys spend like ninety dollars on players, and I'm like, wow, eight bucks, man. You don't want to pick up anybody else this year. You better not have any more injuries. And this was the wrong year to blow your blow your load on one guy. That is for sure. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's that's rough. That that's the one thing that I learned. I guess if you if you're talking about something I learned was that I learned a lot more a lot more about how to better uh, use using my using the budget. Uh, for free agent acquisition, because uh, I, I wasn't, I knew coming in, I wasn't really good at that. But, um, but I learned a lot more. I think that's one thing I learned going along, that uh, that really helped me um, for future. Maybe not this year, but uh, but I mean, I still came through. But 
um, there were things I would have done differently for sure. But um, you know, you say about uh, um, um, Tim Hightower, it wasn't actually Tim Hightower. You know, you know who the player is that that, that really did it for me. Who I uh, was actually Zach Ertz. Nice. Oh yeah, man. Because yeah, you said you were weak at tight end, so yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. strong at the end. So yeah, there you it go. Was actually, he was the key player for me. Was Zach Ertz. So he had I was a uh, huge final couple of weeks. Really, I picked him up in a couple of DraftKings leagues for this past week, and and he blew up again. And I was happy that he did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, nah, man. That, that's cool. Um. So yeah, we got to move on. So, we got to finish the show, but uh, definitely congratulations on winning that. That is a that is a true honor. I was almost there yeah. last year, man. You're so you're one step ahead of me already, man. I I got second place. <laughs> I feel like ah, uh, you'll I get want it so you'll bad. get there, Joe. Uh, and uh, <laughs> thanks a lot for and, and uh, um, I'll uh, I'll talk to you soon. And uh, you guys take care. And uh, once again, have a happy new year. All right. All right, I'm in. Good you guys, you. happy you new too. year. Okay, bye-bye. So, uh, so yeah, while, Richard. Meanwhile, while, while we were hearing, hearing about that, I was just going through and checking some emails as well about my uh, my Pick'em League because uh, you were talking about how you won your, your family league. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, I was out of the playoffs in both of my fantasy leagues, and I had this Pick'em League that, I was doing pretty well in. I was kind of hanging around the, towards the top of the standings. We were down some players this year, so the guy decided to only award the top three positions instead of top five. But if you win one of the weekly prizes, basically you get your money back and then an extra, you know, 40 bucks or something like that. So I think it's 85 to join or 90 to join, and then the win is like, a, you know, 120, 125, something like that. So I kind of went into this last week already out of it because I missed a week. So when you miss your your picks, the guy that runs the poll just gives you all the home teams. And I got like six points that week. I got screwed. So it took me out of the winnings. So I didn't really care much the last couple of weeks and just kind of threw my picks out there. Well, turns out I ended up winning week 17 with 12 picks. <laughs> wow. And I just, just got the word on that with uh, Carolina, New Orleans, Cincy, Pittsburgh, Houston, Indy, KC, Washington, Detroit, Minnesota, Denver, and San Fran. And I missed on Arizona, the Giants over Philly, uh, New England, and the Jets. So I'm pretty happy about that. Wow, that's pretty cool, man. Congrats. So, didn't didn't win. Uh, didn't win the whole thing, but looks like I got my money back and then a little bit. So it's all worth it. Hey, but anyway, you didn't lose money. So yeah, let's yeah. finish up here. Uh, I know you know we're running a little late. I thought we were gonna, you know, I kind of let us go a little long in the beginning, thinking we had some more time. But uh, I was I was glad Richard called it. I wanted to I wanted to have that conversation with him. Uh, yeah. But yeah, let's let's uh, let's finish off real quick with these with these kind of more fun ones. Um, you know, second half stud. I'm going with Doug Baldwin. I mean, how can you deny that? Uh, it's pretty pretty simple there to me. I think we've already talked about it. Yeah, my uh, my second half stud's going to be Jordan Reed. The guy's been an injury. 
you know, hassle throughout his career so far, but he really turned it on uh, in the second half when he was healthy and just showed what he can do. Yeah, um, he did. It's what got my mom to the finals. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, big time. So, she she beat the number one seed. He put up like a she put up like a thirty. She we were at the Redskins Bills game and and uh, my mom had Watson and Reed in that week fifteen. Oh. And like we walked out of the game, and I was like, "Well, you at least have a 55 points out of these two. I know that." And then yeah, she crushed the number one seed. Uh, it was actually Jody's dad. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, second Same half dud. <laughs> who who you got for your second half dud? Um, I think we both agree here. Uh, Latavius Murray. Yeah. What a what a bad second half he had. I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, I don't have the numbers in front of me, man, but it was it was not a not a pleasant ride for his owners down the stretch. Um, no, he uh, he definitely disappointed. Single and he had two two games after the bye against San Diego, who was not good against the run, and you know he got double digit points against them, fourteen and a sixteen. But that's really it. He had two other games of double-digit points, and the rest were all, yeah. you know, mid-single digits. Terrible. Yeah, I mean, I think he only finished where he was in the in the scoring uh, leaders list because he stayed healthy. So um, yeah. So that's that's that. Um, most frustrating player to own. What you got here? <laughs> I'm going with Jeremy Hill. Guy was yeah, the first, that's a good one. Five first round pick in probably almost every league, you know, maybe high second round pick. And you just have you have Gio Bernard, you know, pilfering away touchdowns and yardage and everything. So it was the ultimate two headed back scenario there. He finishes a number thirteen fantasy running back though, but yeah, God, you just never knew when to use this guy. Yeah. Same thing could be said for the guy I'm picking, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I hated using him this year. Absolutely dreaded using him. He he had a good season overall, but it just was so inconsistent. You know, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, 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 cold. <laughs> like, I didn't yeah. know what to do with him. I, just, I eventually knew I was cooked in the league. I had him, and – I just played him anyway. I was like, whatever, I don't care. And uh, although a little bit of a bonus, most frustrating players to own, you'll like this one. <laughs> All of the Eagles running backs. I think <laughs> very, <agree>. very true. <laughs> so, very true. I, yeah, I would have, I would have picked, you know, those guys had you not already had it written down. But yeah. So our uh, our next interesting one here. Do over draft pick award. Who who would you uh who would you select for that one? How about any running back that was drafted in round one not named Adrian Peterson? <laughs> There's a lot of guys. Yeah, I know that I know does that count? Can I do that? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think like we can collectively valid. do running back position. <laughs> but uh I'm, yeah, I'm gonna pretty stick much. with I'm going to stick with that running back position in my personal league that I run. I had Marshawn Lynch as like a later keeper. So I felt like I was pretty strong in running back. Uh, And also CJ Anderson, who was kind of a bust, but 
you know, for a 10th rounder, it ended up being okay. But I'm going Melvin Gordon with my third round pick in a 10-team league. I had a lot of hope for him, and he sucked. He flat out was bad. Uh, and he did get injured at the end of the year. Did he ever score a touchdown? But, I don't think he did. That he was used a ton, and everybody was like, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. He's fine. This is going to be the week. This is going to be the week. And no, he never scored a touchdown. He did not. That's unbelievable. No double digits. 184 points. rushes. No touchdowns. 33 receptions. No touchdowns. How do you have almost 200, over 200 touches in the NFL? You can't score a touchdown. On the San yeah. Diego Chargers, who, by the way, damn good offense the first half of the season until everybody got hurt on that team. Yeah. I mean, and, and like I said, he did too. He he missed, well, he only missed the last two weeks. So Last couple they, games. but championship, yeah, that's... championship week matters, but week 17 we've already talked about. He had four lost fumbles, though. I mean, he had 64 total points in standard league. That's atrocious yeah. for a third-round pick. <laughs> That's bad. My fifth round, my 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 follow-up for this, my fifth-round pick, C.J. Spiller. <laughs> oh, man. He, he at least had that one game where I had him starting, and he ended up pulling out the win for me, I think, in, in our league. Fantasy oh, he, catched, league. he, he caught that, there. like, that that like wheel route down the like sideline. Yeah, I think that was against Dallas. And it was the overtime play and it was like boom, that's I won because of that. But he was a huge disappointment. Yeah, he was. So the next one's I think this is really fun. The Who the Hell Are You Award uh <laughs> goes to Gary Barnage and I know we both have him written down, so I'm not even gonna ask yeah. you. Gary Barnage. I remember like I my dynasty league, it's a it's a twelve team league, it was like 30 spots on the roster. I only drafted one tight end, so I'm like, well, I got to find somebody else. Uh, after, like, the second week of the season, I was like, Gary Barnage. Yeah, sure, why not? I'm going to need a backup tight end eventually. There's nobody else available. Dude was awesome all year long. I used him over Delaney Walker the majority of the season. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. that You, you had to. No uh, idea I mean, who this guy was before the year. The, I I don't think a lot of people realize he's actually kind of old. Yeah, he's well. He's this year's Jordan Cameron. Like, who the hell was Jordan Cameron? You know, last year, uh, and he was great when Brian Hoyer was in, and then he totally disappeared. Well, when he Jordan was. Cameron was good like three years ago, but and Jordan Cameron was, I think he was pretty young when he had that good season. He's uh, how old is Cameron? Cameron's twenty seven now. Gary. Barnage is 30. So Gary Barnage yeah. has been around for a while and has done yeah. absolutely nothing with his career. At least Cameron like did it young. So it yeah. was like, all right, sure. cool. Like we know who this young player is now, but um Yeah, I'm trying yeah. I'm trying to look uh, up his stats. He has Gare, caught Gare Barnkowski is uh is his his nickname is from well, I don't know about the gear part, but Barnkowski is what uh, Matt Barry always calls him because <laughs> he was he was he was a beast this year. Um, I mean, what shit? What did he finish? Third? He, Second? Tight end? No, I don't think so. He uh, he caught a combined. He caught forty-four passes combined in Third. one, two, three, four, five, six seasons before this. 
And this year he caught 79 passes. Yeah. yeah. Nobody heard of this guy before this year. No, absolutely not. He finished tied tied for second in targets among tight ends with 123, tied with Greg Olson. Um, and Delaney, Delaney Walker had 10 Delaney more Walker. than those guys. Wow, and yeah. He, 70, 79 receptions. Um, you know, a thousand thousand plus yards. Third third in receptions, third in total points, and fourth in yards. I mean, who the hell are you? What? Yeah. What's funny is he'll probably that. get drafted as like a tight end five, like the number five tight end next year and probably be a bust. Because yeah. he plays for the uh, Browns. Yeah. So good luck. So um all right, our next our next guy is the uh the comeback star for next season or or breakout. Yeah, I mean I don't want to call it breakout, but I think I we changed it to comeback star for next season award. I'm going with Randall Cobb. I think he's gonna be able to bounce back with Jordy Nelson around. Aaron Rodgers is too good to be as bad as he was this year. The team's gonna bounce back. I just you gotta believe that the whole Green Bay Packers team bounces back. I mean if you really yeah. want to say say that, but Cobb definitely, because Rodgers at least was still somewhat Aaron Rodgers most of the season. Yeah. Um, well, my original one here was was Kelvin Benjamin, but like you said, you know we don't want we don't want to really mention a guy who was injured all season. I mean, you could just as easily say Jordy Nelson for that matter. But you know, Kelvin Benjamin to me was interesting more because. You saw what Carolina did this year when Cam put the team on his back, and without a, a solid go-to number one wide receiver, he had Greg Olson, who obviously had a great year, but he had no receiving help. I mean, Devin Funchess, Philly Brown, Corey Brown, whatever you want to call him, and Ted Ginn, Ted Ginn Jr., Jared uh, Cattery, <laughs> yeah, Kyle Cattery, and like retread guys. Uh, or yeah. learning guys, and they're fifteen and one. I, I mean, you get a stud like Kelvin Benjamin back. That's that's going to be huge for them. But my pick here is Andrew Luck. I, I mean, he he can't be as bad as he was this year. And yeah, like I mean, I, said, I think I he think, was injured. I said it a bunch of times I before. Think I was. think he was injured before he finally went out with the kidney laceration. I think there was something wrong with him. Yeah, but. Uh, that's we'll see. I hope you're right, man. I think, you know, Andrew Luck, he's fun to watch. So, yeah. the guy that I think is going to be too hyped next year, I'm going with Doug Baldwin. I like your pick, too, but I'm going with Doug Baldwin. He just had, like, yeah. five monster weeks at the end after after um, the tight end Jimmy Graham went down. Uh, and all the running backs started getting hurt. It was just, you know, the perfect storm for him to just blow up. Um, yeah. So I'm going with Doug Baldwin. I think he's going to be like a drafted in like the second, third round, and people are going to be severely disappointed with him. Yeah. Yeah. My I like that pick, but you know, like you said, my pick Devonta Freeman. I I just you know I just don't see him having the number one year that he had this year. You know, he's he's got Coleman that's still there, and he's going to be healthy. 
and, and probably biting into his, his, you know, touches. And, um, you know, you got other running backs that are going to be coming back healthy and hopefully staying healthy next year uh, that are going to be ahead of this guy. But I think he's going to be hyped. You know, technically another guy that could be here is our, our boy, Barnage. But, um, you know, people probably yeah. reached on him in drafts. But I think more so the other two guys. So, brings us to our uh, our final award for the year here and uh, and the show. This is what I like to call the Welcome to Fantasy Purgatory Award, and we're we're gonna do each position here, the top top three positions, obviously, um, just because it's it's kind of hard to pick just one guy. But what I mean by this is basically, who are the guys that you're no longer drafting? You've you've used and abused their fantasy prowess, and this year, or maybe you know last year, they they burned you for the last time. You used them as a plug-in this year, thinking, "Hey, let me catch that lightning in a bottle." Not happening. This is that list of players, and for me, my my purgatory quarterback. My wife might kill me for this, but Peyton Manning. I mean. Yes, he was injured. He's a Peyton Manning fan. Yeah, she but, definitely is. Yes, and no, he he looked done. And I like I, I, I like Manning, but he he looked like it was coming down to the wire at the end of last year, and then this year he was not necessarily as touted and, and looked at in drafts. People were hoping again, to catch the lightning in a bottle, seeing if he could come back for one more year and do it do it upright, and it, it was what it was. But my uh, my running back is Marshawn Lynch, another guy who probably potentially could have retired this year, you know, before this year and been fine. But injuries slowed him down, and, and I just don't think he was beast mode that we've all come to know and love. And my receiver is uh, Rowdy Roddy White, a uh, guy who's probably been done for a couple of years, but just just an absolute joke this year. Not even worth drafting, even though he probably was drafted in most leagues. He was drafted um, way too high. I looked up his ADP after you put him down here and was yeah. really surprised at how high his ADP was. He was still like a seventh, eighth-round pick, which is, you know, wide receiver three, wide receiver four, flex kind of guy in most leagues. That was really shocking to me. Um, yeah. So the guys that I'm going to go with is Matt Ryan. And it sucks that for me to say this because I drafted in my dynasty leagues. I'm stuck with his ass um, for, for a little while. Thankfully, I made a trade and snagged my other favorite quarterback, Joe Flacco, off the waiver wire when some ding-dong dropped him. Um, oh, you know, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take Joe Flacco. Like, it's, at least Joe Flacco puts up points um, and yeah. score touchdowns mostly. Um Marshawn Lynch, I agree with you there, 100. Uh, percent I had a, I had a hard time finding running backs who I, I you know there's a lot of them that I obviously don't want to draft, but it it's just kind of the nature of running backs. But he he's kind of an obvious choice there. And then my my receiver, I agree with Roddy White. Um, I just think he's been I think he's been done for a couple of years. I've I've kind of avoided him. A couple of guys that I want to throw out there is Mike Wallace and Vince Jackson. Uh, Mike Wallace is. Clearly, you know, last year was a contract year in Miami. He scored a bunch of touchdowns. You can see him trying. This year he's back, crummy offense. 
for passing, yeah. not getting the ball very often, not even really the number one receiver. I don't know who is over there. Stephon Diggs, maybe. Um, but I like I, I'm not drafting. Yeah. Basically, yeah. my fantasy purgatory word. I'm never drafting a Vikings receiver ever again. Last year was Patterson. <laughs> this year was Charles Johnson. That's better. I'm gonna do that. I'm never yeah. drafting a Vikings receiver ever again while Teddy Bridgewater and that offense is there. They have burned me two years in a row. Never, ever again <laughs> am I doing that. Um, Stefan Diggs, you can be drafted in the 12th round next year, and you can stay there for somebody else. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. So, yeah, that, that's a better one for me. So I have one last final question here that I want to ask you. Um, who's making the Super Bowl? And who's winning? Well, like I said earlier, I, I then I was actually thinking before you wrote this on our page, I was thinking about, hey, we need to close off on Super Bowl. Um, I really like Kansas City. I don't know if they're going to get there, but you know the Patriots have not looked great the last couple weeks to end the season. You know Brady's potentially dealing with injuries. Is is it going to be Manning or Osweiler? You know, is is Cincinnati finally going to put it together? Are they going to be able to get past Pittsburgh? The AFC is tough, but I I do like Kansas City. I'm going to go with them as my AFC representative. And the NFC, oof, it's a three three team race to me between. Yeah. Yep, Carolina, Arizona, and and Seattle. Um, I, I'm gonna go KC, KC, Seattle. Seattle is just a different team when it gets to the playoffs. You know, we've we've already talked about Baldwin's you know huge second half. Russell Wilson himself had an amazing second half. You know, after being very mediocre throughout the majority of the season. Um, but they've been there the last two years. It's kind of hard to not think they're going to get there again. Yeah. So my, my picks are going to be, I'm going to agree with you on the Seattle one. I think they're just sitting on all cylinders right now. It's hard to stop that offense. That defense is kicking in full gear. Um, I'm so glad the Redskins aren't playing them in round one. Uh, I, you know, I'll enjoy at least a shot at, winning one game in the playoffs. I don't know if we'll do it. Green Bay is still Green Bay. It's still Aaron Rodgers. Um, but I still got to go with with the Patriots, man. Like, it's still Tom Brady. The whole AFC looks like crap right now, in my opinion. KC looks good, but I don't know. I just can't, I, I just can't put my money behind. I can't, you know. It's, it's hard. I can't pick I mean, Alex Smith, out of all the quarterbacks that are there, I know Peyton Manning looks like he's going to play, but out of all the guys that are going to be there, I like Tom Brady the most. I think they're going to get healthy. They're going to get Edelman back. They're going to have Amendola back. They're going to have, you know, Gronk's going to be there. Edelman makes that offense so much different. It's going to be such a, like, night and day between that offense when he's back. Um, Oh, yeah. I still think it's going to be them. Am I, would I be totally surprised if it's not them? No, because I just think the AFC is kind of wide open. So, you know, that, that's our picks, and that's our show. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening this, this season for football. Um, I think, we, you know, we might take a 
a minor break here for the next couple of weeks. Uh, I might, I might do some smaller shows, maybe throw in some basketball here and there. Um, but I think AJ, I think you're going to take a couple of weeks off and, and we'll, uh, we're going to plan some, some big stuff for baseball. I look for that yeah. starting up at, at least no later than February. And, um, you know, again, thanks for everybody for listening. Uh, it's been a, been a great year. Hope you won your leagues and, um, join us for baseball. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. And, uh, Happy New Year to everybody, and enjoy the uh, the football playoffs with fantasy being over, and you can actually sit back and root for the teams you want to root for now instead of yeah. specific players. Hey, there is fantasy playoff football. It's crazy. All right. Anyway, That's true. But, yeah, we've got thirty seconds, so we're gonna get cut off. So we are uh, we are out, everybody. Have a good one. All right. See you.